Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. So this is a podcast. This is. This is a podcast. So this is the, uh, what is this, this official title of this? It's Dad Pods Presents the uh, Unofficial Podcast of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And that's what we are. And that's what we do. We are unofficial and we are a podcast. Mm-hmm. And we are an official and a podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm Michael. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, chances are, if you're one of the you know few that listen to this podcast, you you know us already. So, you know, us introducing ourselves every week is probably unnecessary. But we do it because branding. Exactly. <laughs> that's the key to these things, right? That's yes, exactly. And and so I guess we'll start with our uh, you know unofficial uh, uh, little opening blurbs about Marvel news, news and notes, news and notes. Well, this past week, Shang-Chi had its red carpet premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the initial reviews out on it are, are great. Like, you know, the people that have, you know, you know risked their uh, lives to uh, break the embargo uh, and said something about the movie. Yeah, I guess you're not supposed to say anything, but I thought... I guess you're not supposed to say anything, but some people, but people say stuff. Yeah. And you risk, you know, Kevin Feige coming to your house with a crowbar. Yeah, or getting these these texts. Apparently, what what's happened in the past is people would get uh, a text. So the uh, was Owen Wilson mm-hmm. had a revealed. He didn't realize this was a secret that he grew a mustache <laughs> to be in Loki because Mobius. Oh my god! I know of all things had a mustache, and uh-huh. then he got a text from a number that he did not recognize that said "Strike One." <laughs> <laughs> so either either that was somebody at Disney being very very. Uh, ominous or he has a stalker and he should probably contact the police yeah yeah or that's kevin feige from a burner phone we are not sure <laughs> yeah um you know he does i you know rumor has it he goes to people's uh houses with like a crowbar yeah we started that rumor right four minutes ago, but people are saying uh, yeah people are saying i've, I've heard it oh yeah. I, I think i heard it well I, yeah i can hear my own voice sure. um uh so yeah so I'm, I'm excited about this film this comes out in about a month mm-hmm yeah, action scenes apparently are really good. The fights, they had a really good uh, stunt choreographer, fight choreographer who's apparently passed away, I think, or some mm-hmm. relation to that. So that, mm-hmm. uh, but that, that is supposed to be top notch. Yeah. Uh, so uh, What If has continued. We have uh, two episodes in the can. Have you seen both of them or just the first one? I have seen both of them. I have seen both of them too. Uh, second one's awesome. Yeah, that was pretty great. I really loved it. I really loved it. I love what they do with the, the existing characters and sort of changing their histories. Just if so, this is not a spoiler, but uh, uh, the, the second episode is what happens if T'Challa, uh, king of Wakanda and Black Panther, became Star Lord? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I like the first one a lot too. The first one was really I like the first one a lot too. Yeah, but um, but this one I thought was just really clever the way they changed. You know, they changed some some characters that you wouldn't expect them to change characters that way. And uh, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think if anything, the first one was almost set up to be the first one where they changed kind of a few things. Like what if these minor tweaks happens right. and uh, it pretty much resembles Captain America, the first right. Avenger. Right. Uh-huh. This one, this they, one completely. Yeah, they went hog wild. <laughs> They're like, ah. Yeah, they went hog wild. This changed like everything that would have happened in the uh, MCU. It would have been a very, very short. Uh, it would have been like two movies, and like you know, that would have been it. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, they're ramping up uh, not only Shang Chi, uh, but they're ramping ramping up a lot of the marketing around uh, the upcoming the Eternals mm -hmm. movie that comes out uh, in November. Uh, there was a big spread in Entertainment Weekly this week, and uh, the final trailer dropped this morning. Did you watch the trailer? I did watch the trailer. Yeah. Um, so I did watch it with the sound off because mm. I was uh, uh, I was still in bed when it came out, and mm -hmm. I was just not quite awake, and my wife was you know, asleep still. Yeah. So I so I watched the subtitles, but it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. I, I'm gonna say it also sounds great. <laughs> it looks really cool. Uh, so it teases the the actual villains from the film, right? Or the deviants, mm -hmm. which look very like like big monsters. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's happening. Um, and related to that, and this is not sort of this is more like a a, a Shane servation, hmm. an observation by me. Um, where is the Spider Man trailer? Yeah, people keep asking. It's supposed to come out in November. I mean, I'm sorry, December. December 17th is uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the release date for that. Um, there's all these rumors about all the crazy things that are going into this film. Yep. But we haven't, I don't think we've even seen like a still from the, from the movie. No, not actual footage. What we've seen is when they revealed the title, they had the actors. Which was last year. Yeah, right. last year. They were not in and costume then, though. They were, it was just right. a, a little. It was the actors, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've seen multiple trailers for the Eternals now. Yep. And you know, going back months and leading up to Shang Chi, we've been seeing Shang Chi trailers since probably um, April, maybe. Yep. You know, and that's released being released in September. Um, what's going on? Is this yeah. going to get delayed? I have a feeling it's going to get delayed. I suspect it might be delayed, and that's that's why there's been no trailer. <laughs> there's been a lot of speculation, rampant speculation. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. so, sometime during the past few weeks we hit what would have been Peter Parker's birthday and they're like oh that's surely when Spider-Man 3 trailer will drop but nope mm -hmm. nothing yeah the only thing I can under the only thing I can guess is that you know there'll, there'll be a theatrical trailer that comes out with Shang-Chi if, if that doesn't happen mm -hmm. then we've really got to start worrying about whether or not this is going to be released this year right yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not the end yeah. of the world but no no um, for us nerds that you know care about this stuff, <laughs> I I think it it might be a distinct possibility that Disney's doing a little bit of a wait and see because of things like the Delta variant, where mm -hmm. you know I think they really assumed that they'd be back in full blast with theaters, but we've seen from recent box office performance uh, that that's people are staying home. Like that's right. Like that clearly, and happened. they and they do have to wonder about like. Um, even even if the Delta variant sort of fades and we and we get some level of normalcy this fall, um, are people going to want to go back to theaters? I think there's a lot of people that are just you know didn't like going to the theaters in the, in the first place. Right. You know, you and I are different. Yeah, I, I'm banking on that. People want to go. I think if things were actually open and you you felt really confident you could go out and be safe, I think a sense of normalcy, whatever that might be. I would think that too, um, you know, but but we will see. We shall um, see. And here's my proof: see. the uh, there was there were a few movies that actually did reasonably well, like once for that that brief that tiny tiny window of vaccination. More things, yeah. <laughs> like uh, Fast Nine, pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think there was another movie before, like 
Black Widow did somewhat okay. And then the one that, oh, the Suicide Squad really dropped down. It, mm -hmm. such, such that Mortal Kombat had done better. And yeah, look, I've seen well, both I of think, those. Yeah. And uh, one <laughs> well, of them is a lot the better than the other. Yeah, I think Suicide Squad, I think what happened was is it was just, it, it hit when, once the, the Delta did too. Right. And, and, you know, something like Black Widow, which came out maybe several weeks before um, the, the Delta variant was really running rampant through much of the country. Right. Um, it did, it did pretty well. Cause I think it's, it is, it is the best movie in terms of box office at the, at the, at the box office this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. it's, it's really hard to say what's, what's going on with people's minds when they felt good to go out. There's, you know, there, there was an initial speculation that Black Widow did really well in its first weekend, not as well the second mm -hmm. weekend. And was that due to Disney Plus? Or was that just due to, you know, Delta variant passing? And, and you know, we've, it, it could be a little bit of everything because over the last five or 10 years, we've seen movies not do well in their second week. Right. It's like almost all of these blockbuster movies need to make all of their money in the first seven days of their release. Yeah. Yeah, things don't behave like they used to. No, I mean, there was a, there was a time, I mean, I, you know, we've talked about it when we did a lot of our, uh, in previous episodes where we talked about like years of, 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 of comedy releases or something like that. And we talked about like, just, just so you know, like this movie and three other amazing movies were all in the theaters at the same time. Yeah. And that never happens anymore. Right. You've got even, there was a, there was the movie uh, Venom, the sequel to Venom is coming out. It got delayed, pushed back a month, almost in part because of the Delta variant and also in part because there was another movie coming out at the same time and they didn't want to actually compete with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, that wouldn't have happened in the past. They, they just put them no. out there. They just put them out there because, and you also didn't have these multiplexes with where one movie was being shown on seven screens. You know, you'd, you'd have, you go and you have one. Yep. And that's all you <laughs> so, had. <laughs> that's all you had. So, uh, so yeah, is that all of our news and notes? I think so. I think so. So yeah, so nothing else happened this week. Um, nothing else is bad happening in the world. We're, we're, we're an escape from all the bad things that are happening in the world. That is correct. Um, so yeah, so we're continuing our, continuing our ranking, uh, moving our way up, and we're really excited because all of the movies and TV shows from here on out are just good. Yep. If, if not great. So uh, what are we talking about tonight? Today, the movie is Ant-Man. Yes. So this is the last movie of the, uh, if people care about this stuff, Marvel Phase 2. Yeah. Uh, a little matters. odd to end Phase 2 on this, although I, I think the next phase also ends on a little bit of an oddball movie, where the first phase yeah. ended with Avengers 1. You're like, okay, totally right. makes sense. Big blockbuster yep. movie, puts everything together. Mm -hmm. You would have thought the next phase would have ended with Age of Ultron, and you would have mm. been wrong. because Right, you would have been wrong. And you also would have thought that, you know, phase three would have ended with Endgame, but not so much. Nope. It's uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, which is, uh, you know, a little bit like this situation where it's just like you have this almost standalone movie. Um, it's good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. um, it's, but it is almost like a standalone. There's not a lot of linkage to the rest of the, the MCU. You could totally just watch this movie on its own and it's fine. Yep. Um, there's a few little, you know, funny references to it. Uh, this is... This is not the first of their comedies, but uh, one of their better ones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got the first of their comedies, obviously, was Guardians of the Galaxy that came out. Right. Uh, and then this one came out in sort of this action comedy, which, which kind of dominates the next uh, phase of, uh, we'll talk about it later, but yep. the next phase of, of movies coming forward. So 
Um, yeah, so this is this is a movie that was a long time in creation. Yep. So you you mentioned on here, Ant Man was a um, was supposed to be. They were trying to fast track this a long time ago, right? Back in the eighties, even uh, trying to beat. Strangely enough, <laughs> uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to uh, to the theaters. Yeah. So apparently, Ant Man had been a longtime favorite of Stanley. So uh-huh. of all the movie properties, some of them you understand because they're cinematic. For whatever reason, right. Ant Man kept getting pushed uh, for basically because Stanley really liked the property. And the only time he had traction was when there was rumors that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was being made at Disney. And so then, of course, movie studios, if if you've seen it now, they like to release movies when other similar movies are out. So that was the closest we saw to having Ant-Man come out on the big screen. Yeah. It's a little bit like when um, the competing meteors are coming to the Earth movies. Competing volcanoes. Competing volcano movies, yeah. Uh, That's weird. I wonder wonder if they, they... if Marvel's uh, sort of uh, shifted at that time to to do the Howard the Duck movie, because it would have been around the same time. That, that, <laughs> that actually does line up timeline-wise, which is funny. Yeah. Um, so, uh, which is terrible, by the way. You should not go see Howard the Duck. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's good for nostalgia, but that's, yeah, you shouldn't see it for the first time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's some, some weird sort of bestiality uh, He's an alien, not a. He's a duck. A duck alien. <laughs> He's a duck alien. A dalian. Um, so this movie also had a lot of pre-production drama in it, um, and it was really kind of the first time Marvel had to deal with any of that sort of negative press about like, oh, there's drama around who's going to write this movie, who's going to direct it, because it mm-hmm. all ha- sort of happened right as uh, the movie was supposed to start shooting. Yeah. So. Um, Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. who we have talked about before. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that uh, he directed and wrote uh, uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, what is it? The Bar at the End of the World? Uh, yeah, it's like, is it? It's not This is the End. It's uh, The End of the World, I think. It's, what it's the End of the World, something like that. World's um, End. That's what it is. World's world, the World's End, which is the name of the bar. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, so he was hired on pretty early in the MCU before they had done even an Avengers film. Uh, to to do an Ant Man treatment, mm-hmm. um, so he was gonna he was attached by uh, Marvel Studios and was probably even before Marvel got officially bought by Disney Studios. Um, <laughs> by the way, right, I think this this again shows how much of a bugaboo Ant Man has been in the Marvel brass because exactly as you're thinking of heroes, that's not the first one you think of. No, 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 no. Um, but uh, but even. Even when you think of heroes and you go back to the comics, like Ant-Man's like an original Avenger back, back then. <laughs> he it's is. like, he's always parts of things and, and Wasp is always hanging on there too. It's just, it's a little, it's a little strange, but yeah, he's, yep. he's always part of it. Um, so he was attached to write and direct. Um, it was his idea to sort of change the character from, from the original Ant-Man, Hank, Hank Pym, to the, the more current Ant-Man in the, in the comics, yep. uh, Scott Lang. Um, uh, Wright sort of was re- originally, and excuse the pun, writing uh, oh. this 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 uh, as a standalone project and not as part of the MCU because you really hadn't there really wasn't the sort of the cohesion. There were these little um, you know post credit scenes at the ends of things, but they weren't necessarily like as fully tied together. 
and we talked about that a little bit when we were when we were looking at when we did the Thor movies and the first uh, the couple of uh, Iron Man sequels that we've already talked about. Right. Um, they were more subtle little wicks. Like they could have thrown together a uh, post credit scene, and 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 Edgar Wright's you know treatment probably would have been fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, by the time that Avengers rolls around and and we've got this sort of unified world um, with the MCU, uh, the studio had a different idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now it's impossible. You can't you can't avoid connections to the MCU. Yeah, you can't you can't really do a standalone a standalone hero film. Um, so. Uh, and Edgar Wright had no interest in just being a hired on director to, to direct somebody else's movie. Yep. Um, so he, they left. It was kind of a mutual leaving. I don't think there was a lot of, there was probably some hurt feelings and some sure. a little bit of bad blood, but I don't think, you know, too many people were too many were angered. Yep. Uh, the star of the movie, um, Paul Rudd had already signed on to do it. So uh, he got his friend, Adam McKay from uh, Anchorman and mm-hmm. uh, the big short, um, uh, co-creator of Funny or Die with Will Ferrell um, yeah. to uh, to rewrite the script. So basically, they kept the basic skeleton of of Edgar Wright's script. They kept yeah. the, the, all that sort of stuff together, and they just sort of uh, wrote the rest of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Edgar Wright does get the written by credit, which is does. which is significant because there's ways to get bumped down depending on how much of your idea has changed. But he right. gets the, the full written by Edgar Wright and. Yeah, these other guys. And I wonder how much of that was, how much of the script is still his, versus even just the everybody that was involved in rewriting the script was sort of just like respected Edgar enough to sort of like, hey, I don't really care about getting this script because I don't believe Paul Rudd gets script credit. Uh, He gets production credit. Yeah, he gets production. Yeah, that's that's correct. But I don't think that he gets a script writing credit because I don't think. Oh wait, no, he does. He gets an and and screenplay by. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But so, um, yeah. He doesn't get the story by. Story by is like the key one. So Edgar Wright gets story by credit. Okay. This is very inside baseball for those. This is this is so nerdy. I don't mind if you guys have already turned this off. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so. uh, you know, for a lot of fans, the Edgar Wright version that never happened is a big <clears throat> what if. Hey, oh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I would never so make yeah, an episode so... of what if, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we would never. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to figure out where what if falls in our rankings once it's over. But um, yeah, if we want to put it in our rankings, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you want to you want to start with the recap? Sure. So, you know, we open back in the late 80s. <laughs> maybe back to the time of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. When... Yeah, maybe. And it, it is, so a couple of the characters, both uh, Michael Douglas have been CGI, like, uh, de-aged. Right. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and Marvel has done this now in a couple of films where they've de-aged characters. Yep. Both Ant-Man movies, and I think they did a lot of it with Endgame as well. Right. Mostly all with Michael Douglas. Um, <laughs> the guy that you have a lot of footage of. <laughs> yeah, and and Kirk Douglas, they do it with Kirk Douglas in Guardians of the Galaxy too, not Kirk Douglas, Kirk, Kirk uh, Russell. <laughs> Kirk Russell. Gosh, Kirk Douglas is is Michael Douglas's dad. He I think passed away. Yeah. Um, and Marvel is really good at this de aging thing. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder, like the, the like 
the last episode of the Mandalorian that they couldn't really do it with Luke. They sort of yeah it looks really bad. Yeah, I mean, it was fun to see Luke. I loved that episode and loved that show, but like the face just doesn't. It looks like he's. I don't know what. Him. Yeah, they have a lot of footage of Hamill. I I don't know why that got screwed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but anyhow, this this one looks good. Mm-hmm. So you see, yeah, I you guess. see, you get your your uh, Hank Pym, you get your Howard Stark, you get yeah. aged up Peggy Carter, who you see aged up Peggy Carter, probably done just with makeup. Yeah, I imagine that's easier. And uh, um, we get a Mitchell Carl Carson, who I guess is a Hydra guy. Mm-hmm. This guy we've seen him in a million movies. Yeah, this actor, yeah. Um, and he's always the uh, the perfect supporting guy. Yep, like in every movie. Yep. Um, perfect example of that. He played JFK in a movie one time, but it was a movie about RFK. Yeah, that should tell you everything you need to know about this guy. Yeah, a lot of times he's the villain. I mean, obviously he's not the villain as JFK, but like he's always around. Yeah, and I want to show and I want to shout out to uh, Haley Atwell, mm-hmm. um, who has played Peggy Carter like seven hundred times now, mm-hmm. um, and so many of these times where she comes in to play this character, she's just in one scene. in a movie right yeah so like so so she got obviously she got captain america first avenger uh where she was you know the the co-lead in that movie but so for that whole movie but she did get um one scene in winter soldier where she's in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. nearly dying um she is she's in like two one half seasons of a tv show about her peggy carter where she's the star which Mm -hmm. is great um she's a corpse in civil war she dies but i think we see her picture a bunch right um she has this flashback here in ant-man she's she's in the age she's in age of ultron that we talked about last week in a like after after scarlet witch uh sort of does the mojo on captain america she's in like that flashback dream kind of thing right um and then in endgame she's both in a time time travel sort of scenes she gets a couple scenes and of course the very famous last right Oh, and don't forget, she's in uh, an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Oh, she is in an episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I could not remember. Yep. Uh, and then she's in the first episode of What If. Yes. But yeah. So she's been on a lot. And what's great is it's, it's one of those things that allows you to sort of have this continuity with the MCU without having to recast a bunch of people and worry about, oh, this person is not available. I've got to, you know, re- we've got to recast the role. It just keeps it all together. So yeah. shout out Haley Atwell. She's terrific. Yeah, here's to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the flashback, <laughs> <laughs> actually there's stuff happens in it. Yeah. Um, they're trying to, uh, they being S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to uh, uh, get him to be less angry about the fact that they've been trying to steal his technology. Right? Yeah, the, 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 the particle named after him, the pin yeah. particle. It's fortunate that it's named that. Yeah, <laughs> they never would have found it otherwise. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they they've been trying to resurrect it on their own, and there's been hints that uh, you know, he uh, he had been doing using it to be to be tiny. Actually, we don't know that it's tiny at this point in time, right? Like we just sort of right. Know we that... don't. We don't. We we assume because we know stuff and we've seen the movie before mm-hmm. um, that that's the case. But yeah, we don't we don't get it. So he leaves angrily. Um, you get the, the impression that that's when he breaks ties with S.H.I.E.L.D. and he's no longer part of the original sort of right. S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's basically just Peggy and Howard yep. and this bad guy. Yep. 
Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, Mitchell Carson is kind of a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and he, gets, he gets punched in the nose by Hank Pym because he's yeah, a Yeah, well, he, he, he like throws his uh, uh, face into the Oh, right. Yeah, it's, it's the other there. direction. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, he breaks his nose and you know, nosebleeds. In movies, when you get hit in the nose, it always bleeds. Pretty much. Yeah. 100%. And it's like fast. Like you get blood that's like already like covering their mouth and stuff like that when in the movies. Um, I've been hit in the nose multiple times and I've never had it bled. Never hmm. bled. So just so you guys know. Um, Scott Lang. So we're, we're, we're back to Scott Lang, played by yep. Paul Rudd. We're now in the modern day. Yes. Whenever this movie takes place, 2014-ish. Yeah. Uh, he's getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. He was a burglar. Uh, he was uh, he burgled a huge corporation that he previously worked for yep. uh, that was price gouging. Um, so he's set up as a smart guy. He's divorced, father of one daughter with no job, mm-hmm. uh, no place to live on his own and very few prospects. So it's, yep. you know, sad to start, right? Yeah, it, it so is kind of funny. It, it is humorous because Paul Rudd is funny. He's, he's, mm-hmm. You see him getting out of prison. You see him in a fight in prison, which you assume yeah. is like a bad thing, but it turns out it's just going away. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to fight the big the big guy that just like knocks you out. Yeah. So, which is a strange like ritual, but. Yeah. And then he, he comes out of jail. He's hanging out with his his uh, ex-con friends, like including Michael mm-hmm. Pena. And we got our Michael first... Pena. We have to, oh my gosh, Michael Pena. <laughs> our first bit of Michael Pena, the, 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 the classic Louis storytelling, although not with any flashbacks here, just him talking. Yes. And it's hilarious. <laughs> it's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't replicate it. So just, uh, if you want to, there's probably some supercut. If you don't want to see the movie, supercut of Louise telling stories yeah. in Ant-Man. And this is uh, the first time you get it. And you don't get the full-blown Luis version, mm-hmm. but you just see his personality. They're talking in the van. He's saying like, uh-huh. oh yeah, all these things, all, everything that happened. All these terrible, bad, bad things are happening. Oh, but I got the, you know, my father died. Oh, but my, my, my girlfriend left me. And, and oh, but I got the van. <laughs> <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> It's great. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So um, uh, Scott can't even get a job at Baskin-Robbins. Yeah. He gets one. And he is uh, immediately fired because they find out about his past. Yep. Um, so uh, we learned that uh, Hank Pym is an old man now mm-hmm. uh, and uh, played by Michael Douglas. Uh, he's returning to his, he's returns to his old company for some sort of shareholder meeting yep. uh, where Darren Cross, uh, bald guy, uh, is now the uh, CEO of this company. And unbeknownst to Hank, or unbeknownst to Hank, I think it's pretty much unbeknownst to Hank. Yeah. Um, he's been trying to replicate this uh, this uh, pim particle, which uh, is apparently something that what is it? It shortens the distance between molecules. Yes. Is the way they describe it. Yes. Yeah, and, and at this point, I think we get the the demo right of like what what could possibly happen with with the shrinking. Right. Effect. Right. So he demos a a suit. That a that someone could wear, uh, where you would be really really small. Yes. Tiny tiny little like, it could be you could put armies in there. You could put you could do all kinds of really terrible awful things. Right. From a military standpoint. Yes. Um, and he's gonna sell it to basically anybody that gives him money. Yep. This is Darren. Yep. And uh, uh, Michael Douglas or Hank Pym 
doesn't want this to happen. Yes. He wants to keep the keep it secret, keep it safe. Um, his daughter Hope uh, works with uh, Darren, and he is she is also working unbeknownst to Darren. There's some mm-hmm. secret, you know, spy stuff going on. Yeah, um, working with him to uh, to keep Darren from actually getting his um, right. technology. Uh, meanwhile, Scott's trying to get his life back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. And, yeah. um, and the stakes are he needs to get money to, so yeah. that he can see his daughter again. That's the number one thing right. he wants. Because he, he, needs to, uh, he needs to start paying spouse, uh, child support. Right. So his wife, his, wife is, his ex-wife is, is now remarried to a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to sort of get visitation rights through the courts, the legal way, he has to actually start you know, contributing, right. not being a deadbeat yet. So he has really no other prospects. He has to figure out some way to get money. Meanwhile, his uh, roommates, mm-hmm. which is basically Michael Pena and a couple of other guys, we got, I can't remember their names, but we've got the uh, computer nerd and the getaway guy. Yeah, T.I. Just, just T.I., yeah, who is, I think, been canceled. We can't talk about T.I. Oh, well, that's um, Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, you know, there's a crime team that's like living in his uh, apartment. Yeah. Unfortunately for him if he wants to be on the straight and narrow. But fortunately for him, he decides that he needs to, you know, take him up on an offer of, you know, getting back into crime because he needs to do things, you know, to get on the straight, to, yeah. to get on the good graces with his daughter. Right. Right. So uh, a plot given to him by his good friend, uh, Luis, Michael Pena. And this is the first time we see the This Luis is the first time we get the flashback of the storytelling where he got, how he got this information. Yeah. It goes through about six different iterations of, you know, this person said to this person, said to this person said to this person said to this person. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's super funny. Um, this movie is super funny up to this point and it's only about 15 minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, the, uh, Long story short, and, and, I, and I mean that literally, um, the, the job is there's a, there's a rich guy in San Francisco uh, who's uh, going to be away from, his apart, uh, away from his house, and he has a giant safe in the basement, mm-hmm. right? So Scott's going to break in. They're going to do some computer stuff to, do, to turn alarms off and stuff like that, but Scott's going to break in, get what's in the safe, and then they're going to get away with whatever cash, goods, things that they can get out of the safe sure um so he breaks into this house um we see uh that it's hank pym's house because hank pym is watching him mm-hmm. with a through like a one of those you know these things that people have in their layers where there's like multiple cameras set up and he's got big huge monitors set up where you can look at what's what scott's doing yeah so but scott like sciences the crap out of this house right it's great he uh yeah, yeah. He, he gets a fingerprint with a piece of tape to get into to, 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 through one door. Uh, the, um, the safe needs to be like, it's a big, huge 1915 safe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's the same. And he, he tells the story where it's like, it's the same metal that they used on the Titanic. Right. <laughs> but he's all, but he was also like, but it didn't do well with cold. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so he, he freezes the inside of the locking mechanism on the, on the door to the safe and it like busts out. He uses like liquid nitrogen and something. It's I don't know how he found liquid nitrogen, but yeah. Um, but yeah, he sciences the heck out of it. Yeah, and it's awesome. He's gets, in. Yeah, gets into the safe and boom, there's nothing there but a suit. 
yeah, a little a little disappointing for our our hero. Yeah, because there's no money, there's no like things he can sell. So he right. takes the suit. Yep. Because you know, might as well. Yep. Um, somebody put it in there. It might must have been you know some some value, right? Yep. Um, so he puts it on the next day. Yeah. And what do we find out? Well, so he's in his apartment. He puts it on and he shrinks. Our yes. first case of the Ant Man. He shrinks and he falls down into the the base of the bathtub. Mm-hmm. So and then and then there's a voice speaking to him, and it's the voice of I mean, we know it's Michael Douglas's voice. He doesn't know it's Hank Pym's voice. Yeah. Um. So he calls he calls it a test. Basically, he's like, you know, see what you can do with this technology and this suit. Uh, so he's running around uh, his bathroom. He he slips through the floorboards and goes to another floor yeah. in this apartment. Um, he goes into a, um, basically any of the dangers that a really tiny thing would encounter. Yeah. So he's the size of an ant, basically, or a bug or whatever you want to say. Uh, he gets into a, in the middle of the day, apparently there's a rave in his building. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's established early on that his building isn't the best. And so when, no, when he first yeah. walks into it, you hear the rave going on like a different day it's always like there's an apartment below them is just has an eternal club going on so he falls into that the yeah. club. He falls into that place so he's avoiding feet stepping on him and and the vibrations of the music and yeah the turntable all that kind of stuff um i think there's a, there's a cat or a dog at some point that tries to get him uh there's a vacuum yeah so anything that you would you would sort of be encountered with um yeah very, so very, eventually he's very honey i shrunk the kids ask i'd say very you know there's a there's a reason why that movie's good too mm-hmm. um and uh so yeah so he, he he eventually does become safe and you know is able to get back to normal size yep um which is just pressing a button on his one of his you know hands yeah a little on the suit um hank tells him hey keep the suit i'll be in touch but Scott's scared, yes, <laughs> understandably. Yeah, and he breaks back into to Hank's house and returns it. Yes, um, unbeknownst to him at this time, someone has called the cops on him, and he is arrested. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, his uh, ex-wife's new husband is one of the arresting cops, along with Ivan uh, Barksdale from The Wire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being arrested as a, somebody that's, you know, out on parole or probation or whatever it is that he's out on is not good because you yeah. can go back to prison pretty easily. Um, but as he's being processed, it's like, oh, your lawyer's here. And he goes in and, oh, who's his lawyer? Oh. Hank Pym. It's Michael Douglas. Um, yeah, it's Michael Douglas. It's, it's weird. I would be so surprised if Michael Douglas was my lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hasn't he played a lawyer before? I feel like he'd probably be pretty good. Oh, I'm sure he's played a lawyer. Before. He's always like a businessman, something. Or, yeah, I'm sure he'd be fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, he gets in there and he snuck in with the suit. Yeah. Uh, so it, it sort of was shrunken and then it's uh, um, kind of pops into, you know, full size. So Scott can put it on. Yeah. And and uh, there's ants all around that I guess brought in because the ants sort of rearrange to create words to tell him to, you know, 
put the suit on, right. go outside, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it gets, the, yeah. So I, hey, ants. Yeah, we've got two things going on now. We've seen so, the, the shrinking, and yeah, we've seen ants controlled very clearly by yeah. Hank Pym. So, but this is the first sign of ants. So this is you know ants, Ant Man. Yes. So yeah, ants. Um, it's not just because he's small. <laughs> um, so Scott's able to escape the jail. He puts the suit on really fast. Yeah. We'll get back to that later. Um, he escapes the jail by shrinking and flying away on an ant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, loses consciousness because flying on an ant apparently is nauseating. Yeah. That fast. And, uh, and wakes up the next morning um, with uh, the aforementioned Hope Van Dyne. Mm-hmm. Uh, played by uh, Evangeline Lilly of Lost Fame, mm-hmm. um, standing at the foot of his bed, and he's surrounded by a bunch of ants that like are the most painful ant to, if they bite you. Yeah, they're all over the floor. So he's in a bed. I don't know how he just like you lose consciousness, and I guess he just slept the whole night. Apparently, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it works that way, but hey, sure. Why it not? worked okay in this one. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah. So uh, he's at. Hank Pym's house, he figures out, oh, you're Hank Pym. Uh, and Hank lets him know that I've got this idea. I need to break back into my own, my old company. I need to steal all the information about uh, what Darren Cross is doing with uh, the Pym particle and the te- shrinking technology. And I need you to wear the suit and I need you to do it. Yep. So he needs to become the Ant-Man. He's got to be really good at it too. Yeah, so we're, we're going to have to train you to be yeah. good at it. Hey, training montage. Yeah, and and so one thing that's great about this film, and we'll get to this maybe a, a little bit further later, it's just it, it moves along quick. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of wasted motions or anything. Yeah. And it's simple. Yeah. It's like, this is our objective. This one thing. Go we heist. We just need to get that. <laughs> hey, you. We're just going to steal this. Yeah. Yeah. We're like... Thirty minutes into the movie now, we've been introduced to everything we possibly need to know. Actually, yeah, there's 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 nothing else that's sort of like out of the, the there's no surprises. Yeah, coming forward, there's lots of cool stuff and funny stuff and great action scenes, but there's yeah. no like you know, oh my gosh, it turns out that it's Voldemort or you know just there's no well, like yeah, I mean there's surprises like characters will do surprising things. But it's not like, oh, there's a new character brought in all of a sudden. Compared to some of the worst movies that we've been talking about earlier where like new characters come in in the third yeah. act. We're not going to create vision at the very end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything you need to know, which makes it really breezy. And now we're, we're really cooking at this point. The plot's just yeah. moving along. Yeah, so, so we do get these training montages that are sort of, you know, the original montage is Scott trying to do stuff with, both the suit and the ants, because you know we have to control ants, um, and all of it's failing, right? So he's yeah. trying to jump through like a keyhole in a door, and he keeps crashing into the door. Right. Uh, he's trying to control the ants, you know, under an ant hill, and every ant tries to kill him, or he gets scared, and he yeah. just makes himself big again. Um, <laughs> he has to learn to fight, and uh, hope is just kicking his butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. You know, the pin particle is certainly the most significant of the of the powers that, mm-hmm. and the technology certainly that that Hank Pym created, but controlling ants is pretty awesome. Yeah, you can do lots of stuff with controlling ants. So this is like again 
hey, comic books. So Hank Pym is obviously a brilliant physicist because he figures out this thing with the, the space between atoms mm-hmm. and whatever. He's also some sort of biologist too because he figured out how to Genius control the Genius biologist, yeah. That's, that's pretty rare. You put them both in the same person, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, have, I have nothing more to add there. <laughs> um, uh, it's nearly as awesome though. I can control ants with my brain. Um, I don't know why they didn't try other bugs too, like dragonflies would have been a cool thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, there's, there's so many ants that it's like easy. But yeah, why not just stop with bees? ants? Why not bees? Bees would be kind hornets? of hornets. Jeez, hornets. Oh. God, if you can control hornets, you could, you know, take over the world. Pretty much. Um, so, uh, so Hope is teaching Scott how to fight. Um, there's ant training. There's suit training. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott finally gets it. Uh, mostly after he sort of acts as sort of a a uh, counselor to the to the father daughter right. relationship that is damaged between Hank and Hope. Yeah, you know, and, Hope, yeah. Hope, Hope Hope doesn't know exactly why Hank chose Scott, and there's you know years and years and years of uh, trauma there. Right. Yeah. So at this point in time, like Hope very rightfully thinks, wait, I should just be wearing the suit and doing this because I'm a lot better than you. Uh, mm-hmm. And we get we get the revelation why, and we get a flash, yet another flashback. Good one here. Like, yes. Yes. So the flashback that we get here is that, uh, so Janet, mm-hmm. Hope's mother, uh, was once the wasp. She was doing. Uh, she had her own suit um, that uh, Hank created for her. And uh, she was lost to the subatomic realm. Yeah. So don't go subatomic is the rule. Right. Is the rule. Yeah. That's what we've established here. And this is why Hank won't have hope or he doesn't want to lose someone else. So now, now, yeah. And Scott even says to hope, like, I'm expendable. Yep. Basically. We've set everything up. We now know all of the setup. Yeah. We know why Mm -hmm. the people are in the place. And now it's yeah. time to execute on some of these yeah. heisty yeah. things. So uh, there's, there's something that, uh, that uh, they need technologically wise. I can't remember exactly what this is for, but uh, something to do with something that, that Hank created years ago while I was at S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. So, and it's just an excuse, basically. So, so Scott has to infiltrate an old S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, warehouse, mm-hmm. collecting dust, basically, is what they said. Um, so he's you know, going out full suit. All the ants are going with him. And it turns out it's Avengers headquarters. Yeah, it's no longer just a facility. It's, as we know from Age of Ultron, they're no longer it's, at Stark Tower. They're now right, it's, upstate New it's York. Upstate New York. And this is the facility that he needs to get this little piece of uh, equipment from. Right. So um, Scott, you know, Hank is like, abort, abort. We're, 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 no, 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 don't do it. And Scott's just like, yeah, I think I could do it. Yeah. So he takes off down there with the ants and everything, and uh, he is caught by Falcon. Mm. And they fight! Yes, of course. Because in every superhero movie, whenever there's two superheroes in the movie, they need to fight. Yeah, well, they, this is how they greet each other. When one doesn't yes. know who the other is, then like the yes. only natural inclination is to fight. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Scott's very polite about it. Yeah. Like, he's very, like, uh, you know, sorry I'm doing this, sorry I'm doing this, sorry I'm doing this. Yeah. But he, he, he he basically takes takes you know Falcon in the woodshed, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, it's good. And times. Uh, it's good times. It's a really funny scene. It's a really great scene. 
uh, and he's able to get the tech. Yep. This little piece of it looks like a I don't know. It's like a little a little tube of some sort. A little, a little bit of uh, MacGuffin tech for yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, um, so they find out that uh, Darren Cross, bad guy. So they have they're going to plan this heist on this night where there's this big party and this uh, reveal of everything at this company. Yeah. Um, he's increasing security. Yep. Like ridiculously, like he's putting you know all kinds of unnecessary like security measures in. So they determine they are our, our heroes. Determine they need more guys. Yeah, we need we need a, we need more of a team. Yeah, he needed somebody to go undercover. He needs a computer guy and he needs a getaway. You know, hmm. wonder wonder where you can get them. Yeah, so it's Michael Pena and Ti and the other guy, the, yeah. the fake Russian. Yeah, I will say that the fake Russian has almost as good a Russian accent as anybody in the Black Widow. <laughs> Pretty much. Right? Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's it's like I think ethnically and and. Um, Culturally, I think Russian accents are really the only ru- accent that we can kind of make fun of. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, what we're doing. I, th- I think that's where we're clear on that. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, so we get Michael Pena in the group, and it and it brings. So as the movie gets gets more and more tense, as we're like the stakes have gone up and everything, and mm-hmm. Cross is clearly crazy and and dangerous, and he's going to sell the Hydra and all this danger is kind of increased we get the the sort of the funny uh team reintroduced right because because now scott is like a super ant man like he can do all kinds of crazy stuff and great stuff so he's no longer the fish out of water you know right uh kind of insert humor that way so they needed someplace else to insert the humor from and this is where they get it it's really good it's a good it's a really good writing technique so the heist happens, mm-hmm. get our heist. So um, I mean, we didn't all go, go into all the details. Michael Pena is the, like, pretends to be a security guard. Uh, he's gonna whistle, he whistles for some reason. He's just whistling. <laughs> he wanted and, a, ca- a character attribute. He thought whistling would be good and somehow yeah, inconspicuous. To <laughs> yes, to be inconspicuous. So he just goes around whistling. Yep. Uh, he punches out a couple people because apparently that's his superpower is yeah. just a puncher. Um, By the way, that was set up early on. He was the only guy. He was the only one that ever beat up the guy that punches everybody else. Yeah. So again, about the efficiency of this, we'll get into that more later. But like, everything is set up. There's nothing like there's really nothing out of place. Yeah. It's a it's a perfect uh, uh, like sewn quilt. Yeah. Um. So uh, we get the. The heist is successful. Like mm-hmm. Scott's able to get in everywhere. Uh, they get the data. They destroy all the backups. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a showdown in the area where Cross was going to sell the suit. And, yep. You know, Hank gets Hank and Hope get trapped. And there's a you know there's a fight and there's a gunfight right. and you know back and forth. You know, shooting and fighting. And it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's all funny. All fun. Yeah. Um, Cross is escaping with some money and the, and the suit the yellow, and the yellow jacket. He calls it the yellow jacket suit. Right. And it's tiny. Yes. It's tiny. Um, so he's escaping with a, via helicopter. 
Uh, Hank has been shot, but he's okay. Uh, he gets out by making a tank that was really small or really big. Because <laughs> it was always on his keychain. It was always on his keychain. <laughs> uh, again, another detail. You saw his keys multiple times earlier in the movie. Exactly. And uh, exactly. it's not a keychain. <laughs> it's not a keychain. And so he's, he's escapes with hope. So Scott goes after Cross. Um, they're fighting in an elevator. Yep. Cross puts on the yellow jacket suit. Yep. Um, very fast and it's got like it's got like like stingers on the top which are which shoot stuff yeah energy blasts it's, it's a better version of the ant-man suit he can shoot yeah it's got weapons yeah um so there's lots of fighting uh in this elevator i mean um i'm sorry helicopter. helicopter yeah um big and small big and small they fight inside of a briefcase yeah. uh there's a great joke where um uh, Cross says, "I'm going to disintegrate you." And Siri in in the in the iPhone uh, plays playing disintegration by The Cure. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, they the helicopter goes down. They fall into a backyard. Uh, <laughs> uh, a family. They're having like a barbecue. There's a family just sitting out there. They're having a barbecue, playing ping pong. They fall into a pool. I think uh, Yellow Jacket gets thrown into a bug zapper. Yes. <laughs> so he is temporary. And then, of course, the police show up, and yep. it's the same two police officers. Yep. Because there's only two police officers in San Francisco. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so they, they, they put him in the back of a police car, uh, Scott. He's like, no, 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 I need to get back there. There's somebody in that bug zapper. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they, they hear over the wire uh, that... Um, there's a there's some sort of disturbance at um, the cop's house, which is where uh, uh, Scott's daughter Cassie lives. Yep. So because that's where the bad guy has gone. Yeah, because Cross knows that that's because mm -hmm. Cross thought he had everything figured out. Like that's how the, he, he ends he up with the suit. Hank, he knew what Hanks was doing. Yeah. He knew that Scott was the bad guy or the, the guy that was set up to do to be in the suit. Yeah. So he knew a lot about him. He knew about Cassie. So now. Everything's falling apart, though. Like he, yeah. he, he knows at this point that the PIM tech's been destroyed. All the data's right. gone. The only thing left mm -hmm. is the suit that he's wearing. Cool implosion, by the way. Yeah, it is really neat. Good, good yeah. It just disappears. It's kind of a cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he goes um, to to get so Chassis. We, so we get our we get our Ant Man fight, Ant Man versus uh, Yellow Jacket in the little girl's room. Right. So they're fighting amongst like the toy train. Which is just you know running around the thing, and when you get the close-ups of the two characters, you know fighting at at one another, it's like this big epic sort of thing going on. But then you you you, you uh, scale back and you're looking just down at the train, yes, you know, going around the circle, and it'll just like the train will just get derailed. Yeah, it'll just you know knock over the way a train a toy train would. Yeah, and it's just it's super funny. It's great. just the way they inject the humor that way um super exciting super funny ant-man wins of course he goes subatomic uh to get in between the titanium plates and titanium was even brought up earlier yep uh because that's the only way to get to the to titanium plates is to go subatomic so he goes subatomic but he's able to with these little uh tools that hank uh created for him earlier uh get out from being subatomic right um so he's able to save his daughter saves uh 
cross is destroyed. The yellow jacket technology is destroyed. Everybody's happy. Yep. Um, and boom, that's the end. Yeah, yeah. We we cue some uh, some end credit scenes, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, because uh, the end credit scenes are, are actually relevant. I think are some of the more relevant ones that we get. Yeah, they're super relevant. Uh, we have many thoughts on this movie. This is many a, thoughts, many a thoughts. A lot of fun movie. So, I actually have another thought that I thought of while we were going through it. Okay, great. So do you want to start with that thought? I'll start with this new thought. Okay. Um, okay. So the big change during the movie is they figured out how to shrink things that are inorganic and then Cross needs time to figure out how to shrink organics. I think it was right. really similar to The Fly. Hey, just sell the thing that shrinks inorganics. It's already a trillion dollar <laughs> business. <laughs> You would change I would think so too. Like, like imagine how that would change just the transportation industry. Yeah, or shipping, like, like everything. Shipping, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden you've got, you know, TVs. Yep. You've got, you know, a thousand TVs that you're shipping from Japan to Los Angeles. Shrink them. You could put them in somebody's pocket. Yeah. And just, just pay $300 for, a, for a, a plane ticket. Yep. And then they get there, you get back to the thing, you unshrink it at the factory, and boom. Yeah, that, that idea is worth trillions, trillions. Trillions. So yeah. no, no need to go through this extra rigmarole to, to you know, hurting Where sheep. all of a sudden you're weaponizing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had something that was good and totally, right. you don't need to sell the Hydra. You're already set, dude. No. Yeah, yeah, just sell it to Walmart. Yeah, so <laughs> there's another- there's, <laughs> Amazon there's... <laughs> is gonna buy this. There's a what if version of this where that happens instead, and that's the movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this is a movie that really like accentuates the whole ex-cons can't get a job. Yeah. We need to we need to really reach out. I mean, so it is a problem for ex-cons, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there are lots of like work programs that they can enter into that can help them. And somebody that, that is an electrical engineer. Like Scott, he would have gotten a job yeah. if he had just like spoken to his parole officer. I feel like the first thing that should have happened after people saw this movie is someone's got to go to Baskin Robbins. Like, hey, you got to be Come okay on, with guys. I don't care what if they the have hell? a record. They can scoop my yeah. ice cream. I'm cool with that. Yeah, exactly. Are you, are you, are you, are you Baskin Robbins, are you struggling to find good people? Mm. I, because apparently, apparently people have been struggling to find yeah. good people. Yeah. All you have to do, pay him $17 an hour. And, 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 and get somebody that's just come out of prison. Remove that checkbox or have the checkbox on there and just still be okay with it. Yeah. That's fine. Um, what else we got? The score is great. Oh, I love the music in this movie. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's very memorable. And a lot of the yeah. earlier uh, MCU movies, they don't have really memorable, not, not like Batman memorable kind of yeah. soundtrack. It's not until the Avengers gets their own theme. Right. Captain America, the first Avengers, got a good, got a good score. Yeah. Um, Iron Man is, eh. Iron Man's got good music. Yes. I think Guardians of the Galaxy has both a good score and good music, but like the the movies that have a good score are just are just it just makes the movie twenty percent better. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, I, I can remember like that's that's always the thing. I know the Ant Man theme song, so that's yeah, yeah. Um. So it's an action comedy, and this mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, along with Guardians of the Galaxy is something that was new to the MCU uh, with that one. Um, 
and it dominates the next phase. So we've got we have a sequel to Guardians. Yep. We've got we've got two Spider-Man movies that come in the next uh, phase. We've got another Ant-Man movie. Yep. It's a it's a lot of movies within that phase that are all action comedies. Yeah. yeah the Ragnarok too, right? Like that, that. Ragnarok. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that's that's phase three too, and that's hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> so, heist movie. Mm-hmm. Not really a superhero movie. It is an origin story. Yep. But it's not really a superhero movie. It's it's really a heist movie. They yeah. kept it simple. It's that's what makes this movie. I can't tell you what kind of movie Age of Ultron was, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. And it was sloppy. Yeah. This was. <laughs> this one's easy to describe. Heist, superhero origin. That's it. Put them together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um it fits within the MCU really well, but I don't think you need to have watched anything else. This is a great entry point. This is an on-ramp yeah. to the MCU. Yeah. Like you could watch this one and then be like, oh, you know, is there anything about that Falcon guy? Maybe I should go back and look at some of these other movies. Yeah. All you need, um, you just needed a friend to tell you like, oh yeah, he's an Avenger. Like all you need to know is Avengers are a thing. And if you're on this planet, you know, it's a thing. And that's all you need to know. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. And we've talked about this with uh, Age of Ultron. The MCU kind of weighs that movie down having to tie yeah. in these things it's like oh it's a drag now i got to introduce vision now i got to do all these other things mm-hmm. this movie the connections are are good <laughs> yeah i mean the the scene with falcon i think i think was probably one of those scenes that uh when they were doing the rewrite paul rudd and adam mckay that was probably something they added i imagine right uh to sort of you know make it more have more continuity with it um but it's work. But it works. Yeah, it looks great. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think I think the connections, like you said, are, it it doesn't take anything away from the film. Yeah, and you don't feel like any of the any of the lines, any of the scenes, sort of don't fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Pena for president. <laughs> it's so great. There's yeah. we get we get two Michael Pena uh, story. Well. He tells stories Narrations. three times, but the, mm-hmm. the two Michael Pena flashback, ones, flashback are ones are the best. Yeah. We get one at the end, which we didn't talk about. Yeah. And the one at the end is basically him saying that Falcon's looking for, for Ant-Man. Basically. Yeah. But taking eight minutes to do it. It's great. <laughs> um, I think that like he should be the one, there should be a version for every MCU, like when you're, when you're on Disney Plus or something. And you want to like, and you're watching something, you want to get like a recap of what do I need to know to get to where I'm at right now? Like yeah. if, if I didn't want to watch anything else, <laughs> just have Michael Pena narrate like, like, so here's what you need to know. You know, this character does this and this and this, and just go through that and just have him talk for four or five minutes that you can just have on like as an extra yeah. in the, in the, either the DVD or the Disney plus. Thing. So, so apparently uh, they did this for right before Endgame. So Comic-Con that year has a 10-minute version of him recapping the MCU. Oh, my God. I have been searching for that footage for a long time. I cannot find I it. I would pay for it. Yeah, I would totally pay for it. You can find some grainy footage of it mm. where someone snuck in a camera. But that I don't understand why yeah. that's, not, that's not available. That would be legendary. It's like the, uh, like the uh, Parks and Rec episode where Patton Oswalt does the ad lib. Yes. Where he's... he's, 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 he's uh, uh, filibustering at a at a 
at a town hall meeting and he's talking about the MCU and Star Wars and X-Men and it's just this great sort of riff that Pat Oswalt does. So I I think it just also just shows that like they they really hit gold with the Louise character doing and this is all basically based on performance like he does Mm -hmm. he is the character he does it so well and now you have a character that can you know this the the show don't say kind of thing but you have a a guy saying something and you get to show it and it's always Mm -hmm. a treat like you want to see more and more of that yeah he is a prime and I don't know if they can get him to do it but he would be a great um sort of entry into like the disney plus shows if they just did like a a, a Luis show yeah <laughs> like we talked about like darcy and and jimmy woo like if we could have like one with him and and maybe the little the little wombats the, the group of uh criminals that would be a great sort of little standalone <laughs> oh yeah uh show um paul rudd was a great cast mm-hmm. casting decision um particularly given the fact that this was sort of a funny movie yeah so uh the casting basically came down to paul rudd and or and the other option was um uh his his name is escaping right now uh he was in dark knight rises young guy Uh joseph oh joseph gordon levitt yes that guy oh my my gosh i did not know that bit of trivia yes so that was he was he was apparently up for this role too uh disney wanted that guy because hmm. uh they wanted it more a little bit more youthful sure to go that way uh edgar wright wanted paul rudd edgar um, wright was correct edgar wright was correct and paul rudd to be fair in 10 years will be younger than joseph gordon levitt there you go <laughs> because paul rudd is not aging yeah paul rudd is older than i am and looks like he still could be in clueless as yeah. a 22 year old guy disney should have realized that that uh... um yeah, but yeah, so we've talked about this before. This movie is just so efficient. Mm-hmm. There's no out-of-place pieces. Yeah. Yeah, you get it done really quickly in little scenes. And those little scenes are funny in and themselves. They're not just like mm-hmm. dragging on. Uh, again, talking about movies that didn't work, <laughs> where the only way to insert character development into Age of Ultron was this scene on the farm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that shows your movie's not working. <laughs> right, right. And like you point out with the with just like something like a plot point with the keychain of the tank. Yep. Like we see we see it. Yep. We just we see him going through a, a metal detector and putting the keychain down. And there's a tank on it. And you're like, why is that showing? Why is that showing me? Oh, that's why. Yeah. You get it just a few scenes later. And it's not like a throwaway scene. Yeah. It's like you needed to show him walk into the place with the with the keychain. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that keychain gag. It's a little bit of a misdirect because you think is relevant because you know uh, scott lang uses it to enter the door when he breaks into the house the first time right. to steal the, the suit you see mm-hmm. him using it there you're like oh okay that's why i saw the keychain you didn't right. realize it's going to be this much bigger payoff later on right really well done no no pun intended Ew. um um this is something you you observed and i thought it was great too they didn't make his ex-wife scott's ex-wife some the like antagonistic character no yeah she's just like hey, I want you to be part of Cassie's life, but you need to actually start taking responsibility for your actions. <laughs> yeah, they, she lists it out really simply. You need an apartment. Yeah. You need a job. You need to pay for child support. She's not asking for anything ridiculous. No, no completely reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And, and her husband now is a good guy. Yeah. He takes care of Cassie. He's a good stepfather. 
Yeah, yeah. He's they not a make he's, him he's not like, a villain. Like no, they didn't make him like a corrupt cop or a bad guy or nope. You know, just made him a good person. If you think of the movie from his point of view, everything that that happens is like, wait, Scott's doing this. Like, what's happening here? Everything for him is yeah. crazy. And once he yeah. finds out, so once he's confronted with Yellow Jacket in the room, then he understands, and he's then mm-hmm. he's on Scott's side. Uh, it's yeah. that's really great. This is a, a case where uh, the the new husband, he's the antagonist plot wise that he's stopping our hero from doing what he wants but he's not a villain right so that's the thing so like this is the difference between a movie that was made in the 21st century versus one that would have been made in the 1980s yeah like in the 1980s paul rudd would have been probably the same age first of all (laughs) but um but the other thing is like he would have uh there would have been a big villain but then there would have all been these side villains that were Mm -hmm. just like you know unredeemable characters like the ex-wife would have been awful Yes, she would have been like a. She would have not really cared about the. She would have not really cared about the daughter. Mm-hmm. The the uh, the ex the, the the new husband would be just as awful. He'd be like you know, yep, abusive. He'd be just bad. He'd be yeah. having an affair. He'd be you know yeah, totally yuppie. Yeah, <laughs> but he's not. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I really like it. I feel like it's you know some mature storytelling. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, now. Were you aware before you saw the movie the first time of the whole Edgar Wright drama around it? So I did. I only knew that he was taken off. I didn't realize it was actually drama. I didn't know this full backstory. Right. Did that did that change the way you sort of thought about the movie as you saw it? Uh, again, only because on this rewatch, I re- <laughs> I read your description about like some uh, of the drama. So yeah. and yeah, I, I think that that does detract a little bit. Like you you like it. I wonder if it does because you're just like I wonder how many you know hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead style jokes they took out yeah that was the, that was the only thing that i was like i wonder if this movie could have been funnier mm-hmm. and that's a weird way to think about a movie yeah and i don't normally like to i mean you know you and i were obsessed with the mcu and, and but so so we do follow up on all these news and notes and 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 and, and we get this stuff but i wonder i wonder if this sort of detracted a little bit from it or just the experience of it yeah because it's a really good movie Ah, those post-credit um, scenes. Post-credit scenes. So we get two of them. So the first one is uh, Hope and uh, Hank, mm-hmm. and they and he is introducing uh, the suit that he and Janet were building. Yep. Uh, that was going to be for Janet, but he says, "But I realized it was for you." Yep. So you know, setting up the next uh, the sequel to this movie, which is Ant Man and the Wasp. Yep. Also uh, so completing that character Wasp. arc, right? So the, yeah. the his whole hangup was he didn't want hope to put on the suit but he's come around yeah she realizes he realizes that she was a valuable piece to it yep uh and then the next one is uh is actually a scene directly from uh captain america civil war yeah uh it is the scene where uh cap and bucky i'm sorry cap and uh falcon have uh have bucky in a at a like a industrial machinist shop where they've got his metal arm in a vice yeah <laughs> um and they're basically trying to figure out what they're going to do they're like can we call tony can we do this can we, no we can't do that we can't do that and then falcon's like i know a guy yes <laughs> so yeah it, it connects you know the scene that we saw with falcon to what yeah we're gonna see in pretty much War. the only serious scene in the movie is that post credit scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> right um 
Uh, so I think this is I think this is a fair criticism. One criticism is that it's the villain's kind of boring. Yeah. So the the actual villain, <laughs> just as we were saying, the antagonists of the story, the ex-wife and the cop, they're they're actually not bad and they're not too cartoony. This villain is yeah. pretty cartoony. <laughs> pretty cartoony. He is basically the same character as Obadiah Stane. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, a businessman who puts on a suit at the end because he wants to make more money. Yep. <laughs> and keep and kill people. Yeah, and Stain, you you don't know how villainous he is until a little later. They set this one up early. He like, oh yeah, he's the he's the bad guy from the get go. There was a scene where he like vaporizes some guy with the technology that doesn't quite work yet. Yeah, <laughs> and he wipes um, them up and flushes them down. With a, the with a, yeah, which is awful. Yeah, that that's kind of gross. They but they made him out to be bad. There's no like there's no redeeming qualities to this guy. Yeah, they're. Nope, no saving cross. They try to explain it away by saying, oh, the, the particles made him go mad, but I, we mm-hmm. never saw him not bad. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, and so it's good that you pointed that out because uh, Hank, early on in the movie, says that he can't get back into the suit mm-hmm. because the particles being, being going small and big, small and big, that does take a toll. We're unclear yes. what this toll is. Yeah. Now, Scott continues to does it and through a few different movies after this one. Yeah. And there's no talk of these consequences. Um, also, by the way, Hank does get small again in the next movie when he's That's saving right. That's right. <laughs> Janet. So That's right. So there may or may not be consequences, but we'll set that aside. Okay. Um, this might be a good time to talk about Hank from the comics. So yeah. Hank is the more significant character from the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been ant-man for decades yep um i think we mentioned this last week when we're doing our age of ultron recap but um hank creates ultron yeah he's the one so it's it's an ant-man it's like he is the the object of ultron's oedipal complex right um uh hank is kind of mentally unstable in the comics and i think it comes from 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 a couple of different things and there's some some problematic stuff that probably is probably good reason that they chose to 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 make the hero somebody else well Um, so so there's definitely an event that makes him mentally unstable he has an experiment it goes wrong mm -hmm. similar to how his experiment with ultron went wrong yeah you think he'd stop doing experiments yeah so he does an experiment it goes wrong and that's when he becomes the yellow jacket and he's he's basically a a a super jerk at that point in time I think he 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 actually physically abuses Aunt, uh, Janet, like slaps yeah. her around a little bit. That that happens while he's Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Um, th- throughout his history, he he becomes lots of different characters. So he's Ant Man, Giant Man, Goliath yep. is something. Uh, Yellow Jacket. He's the Wasp for a while after Janet dies. One of these times, he become he tries to emulate her and yeah. pretend to be her. That's it's a little very weird. That's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> and not just comics weird it's it's weird yeah because he also he pretends to be her yeah not just pretends to be the wasp he pretends to be gender her yeah peculiar uh he calls himself the scientist supreme mm-hmm. for a while uh and then he also eventually bonds with ultron and becomes ultron <laughs> <laughs> if um, all of the other things weren't enough yeah so you know ultron is just he's just bad all the time but then you know he's like oh i figured out how to harness all the good in ultron and and we're like this bioorganic kind of bio 
technology sort of combination and we're good now. It, spoiler alert, it doesn't work out for him. <laughs> I wouldn't uh, think so. Yeah. So um, he's got a little bit of a Bruce Banner thing in him where he's not, he's kind of a, they try to make Hank an anti-hero mm-hmm. in a way, but he's really, he starts as kind of just this nerdy scientist guy. Yeah. So it was a, it was a little bit of a weird sort of move with him in the comics. So ultimately, I think it was a really good idea that they, uh, they, they go with Scott Lang, who's yeah. less complicated. <laughs> a lot simpler. Um, and all that being said, I also think the depiction of Hank Pym in the MCU is a lot better. They've also simplified a lot of that. He was a hero. Yes. He got mad at S.H.I.E.L.D. He stopped being a hero. I actually think the particles didn't change him. The toll could have been he's old. He's an old man. He shouldn't be shrinking around and punching people anymore. Sure. And, and you can kind of explain some of the other stuff away with like, oh, he lost his wife. You know, he's, he's got some trauma. He's, that's why he's an, old, an angry old man. Yeah. Um, I think it, it works better from a, just a character development standpoint. Yeah. I, big fan of that. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Let's uh, MCU Hank Pym. Much better than comics yeah, Hank Pym. Much better than comic Hank Pym. Yeah. They shouldn't really do anything with, more with Hank Pym other than what they've done. I think yeah. that's, that's excellent. And I've seen some takes that are like, oh no, we should address this part where he was you know, a hero, but he still abused his wife. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I actually totally disagree with that take, especially yeah. when you consider all of the, the way that they made it happen. It's like, well, what happened? She took another experiment <laughs> and he actually has no memory of that time later on. Mm-hmm. So he's like a different person as the yellow jacket because it completely alters him. I don't see- Yeah, which is not the way you want to actually, you want to have consequences. Yeah to actions so if somebody does something wrong you want there to be consequences yeah (laughs) totally so uh and a lot of this is also explained by like well this comic these characters lasted for like 60 years so (laughs) they they made them go through yeah slapping somebody around probably wasn't seen as necessarily the worst thing in the world 40 years ago well she she comes back to him right that's that's how it is back in the (sighs) So I mean, there's and a lot we of could talk about the we could talk about the complicated issues of uh, abusees going back to their abusers, but well, that's, that's not what this podcast is about. Yeah, it's also not depicted in the comic, so no. Yeah, they completely don't really address the the real issues. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> that's that's comics. Yeah. So, um, suits. Yeah. So, um, how fast can you put on a suit? I think it takes me a good couple minutes two minutes maybe depend you know it depends on the kind of suit are you are you tying a tie oh yeah yeah um that's gonna take longer because i always forget how to do it so i always have to do it a couple times yeah i i never had a motorcycle suit so i never had a motorcycle suit so putting on like a jacket like a like a motorcycle jacket with the zip up and everything that's probably going to take 30 seconds maybe 30 seconds tops i think okay yeah pants Yes. So Ooh. putting on pants, you've got to take your shoes off. Yeah. Right. That's a pain. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to take your shoes off. Um, if they're slip-ons, you're, you're golden. Mm-hmm. But if you've got laces, that's a problem. Yeah. So there's two scenes in this movie, at least. Yes. Once at the, at the, uh, at the prison, which we talked a lot about, where, right. you know, Scott um, puts on the suit and escapes. Yes. And then the one where Cross puts on the yellow jacket suit. Yes. 
So, so the prison scene, we know because the countdown starts that the ants go from 10 to nine. He doesn't have the suit on. It cuts away. It comes back and it does like two and one. So <laughs> Scott's yeah. put that suit on in about six seconds. Yes. Now, adrenaline, pressure. Sure. That can get you there. The fact that maybe ants don't know how to keep time. Oh, okay. So this is a 10, not actually right. second by second. Yeah. Maybe this is also like, like second by second in a Christopher Nolan movie, which took oh. the last a little bit longer. Right. So that could be that too. Maybe, maybe um, one of the criteria that Hank Pym was looking at was uh, Scott's ability to put on suits. That's actually the skill you really need. Maybe. To be the Ant-Man. And, uh, you know, I think you could do it if, so it's apparently, it looks like it's all one piece. There's not like, you know, pants and a suit, but you got to pull it on over your pants. Yeah. I think, I think the, the, the only thing that makes sense is that he puts, he takes his shoes off. Yeah. And the suit has to have built-in shoes. Yeah. That's the only way. It's the only way. So he left, he must've left his shoes behind. Right. Now, which for, which for somebody that is a, an ex-con, Mm-hmm. How many pairs of shoes is he going to have? Hmm. Probably not a lot. I hope Hank so. He Pim, lost a whole pair of shoes. Yeah, Hank Pym better reimburse him for those reimburse shoes. him for those shoes. Now, so that's the yeah, that's that's the first scene. The helicopter mm-hmm. scene, though. Okay, so we see him fighting in the helicopter, right? And then Scott's out of the helicopter briefly, and he comes back in. This is right. not very long. There's no counting. It's like like maybe five seconds. Yeah, Darren Cross is in that suit. You don't see a pile of a business suit off in the corner either. No, no, you don't. Um, it's unclear how it happened. Now, so this is the way that it, would, that it could work in both cases. Okay. But they don't show this. Right. But it would, it would work. So if you made, if, because you've got shrinking and, and, and bigoning technology. Yes. If you just make the suits slightly bigger than the person. Ah. It's much easier to slip on, right? Right. Okay. Like if if you made the yellow jacket suit, like if 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 Darren Cross is a, like a like a thirty eight regular, mm-hmm. right? If you made it like a forty eight wide, right? Right, where he just like slides in. Yep. You know, and then boom, hits the button to make it like you know fit. Mm. Oh, and by the way, before he has the organics tech. That the shrinking and, and beginning suit technology, that's all there mm-hmm. with inorganic yeah. tech. Right. So that would work. Similar to way the way that uh, that Tony Stark makes the Spider-Man suit in upcoming Spider-Man movies, where he he puts on the suit and then he hits a little button and it tightens it up, right? Perfect. Yep. <clears throat> Maybe that's the, they just needed a scene where that because that technology is going at least is going to exist in the coming, you know, years. All right. Maybe we solved it. We figured it out. Maybe we solved it. He just made everything slightly bigger for just like a minute. Yeah. Not even a minute, like a second. And then you pop in and then shortens up. You've got the technology. Okay. So, yeah, I think that's any more thoughts. I think that's all of them. Remarkably, that might be all the thoughts on this movie. (laughs) After an hour Um, and a half, you know. Yeah, I will say. So this is what my son explained in his experience of Ant-Man. Yeah. It's a little abstract. So it's, why is this happening to me? Because Shrinking Man. Hmm. 
That's deep. Mm-hmm. Almost a haiku. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my youngest, Geneva, loves Ant-Man. Ant-Man's my second favorite Marvel after Spider-Man. Spider- and so that's high praise yeah. for the Ant-Man movie. Most fans don't like Ant-Man that much, but within my family, and actually I know that the others really love Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man is like way up there. Probably like the, if they have to do a Marvel draft, like for Civil War, they always pick Team Cap just because they had Ant-Man on. Okay. All right. That's interesting because whenever I talk to my son about, about uh, Civil War, he always picks Team Cap, but he always says, Spider-Man should have been on Team Cap. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, then it makes it a slam dunk, right? Then Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that fight goes very differently. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the movie. So uh, this is definitely... You know, super exciting because we're in good movie territory. All mm-hmm. these are good. Yeah. Rewatching this movie, really I, I spotted a lot more things than uh, I had noticed the, the first time. The first time I watched it, I was like, ah, it's okay. Yeah. And I, I think I was a little clouded by the bad movies, Thor, The Dark World, Age of Ultron that I saw it doesn't, the same time. It, it comes right after Age of Ultron. So in Oof. terms of the, the, it's just, it's not, it's not a good time. Yeah. But then I think the one right after this is Captain America Civil War. And like, we get just like from here on out it's just like it's really hard so it's really hard this group of like five movies that we're doing starting with this one mm-hmm. it's really hard to rank them yeah like where they where they go come in the in the in the hierarchy yeah we could have probably picked any one of these five to do tonight and we would have been like yep that, that's where it falls and yeah. having ant-man be the best of these five yeah but uh yeah there's no it's not we could have flipped a coin basically for this one and the one that's coming next week. So yeah, this is a good movie. Rewatch it if you get a chance. Yeah. Uh, you you will not be disappointed if you rewatch it. You'll yeah. see details that you didn't see before. Tiny yeah. details. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, th- these are so. From here on out, the only reason you shouldn't watch these movies if you is if you just hate superheroes. Yeah. If you hate superheroes, we you know you should stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, because that's what we're doing for the next year. But this is this is this is they're all good from here on out. Mm-hmm. There's like 20 movies that we're going to be talking about. So, good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're done talking. Then. Amazing. Amazing. Almost as long as the movie. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Michael. <laughs>